0: Hey guys, Paul Rick here, welcome to Baseball Bad Show. Over the next eight episodes, I'm gonna bring you a very special series on college baseball recruiting, and it's called The Recruiting Killers. Now, these are the things that prevent players from getting attention, getting recruited, and getting the opportunities at the next level that they deserve. Now, I know some of you have sons as young as six, seven years old, but it's important that everyone listens to this because the college recruiting process comes up fast. It actually starts now in the eighth grade, I know. That's insane. But those are the realities of the situation. You have to start to lay the foundation this early. And the the ones who make the most of their opportunities, who get to the right schools, the right programs with the right coaches, and give their sons the chance to continue their education and play baseball at the next level, they get the recruiting process right. It's as simple as that. So I hope you enjoy this series. And if you head on over to baseballrecruitingcenter.com, BaseballRecruitingCenter.com. There's lots of information over there, and a free download for you that will help you figure out everything you need to know about helping your son get into, again, the right school, right program, right coaches, and maximizing all those opportunities to play baseball at the next level. So, hope you enjoy the series, and I'll talk to you soon. It wasn't too late for the kid, um, but the dad was shocked that you know he didn't hear anything from that school, and and you know that school missed him um so it wasn't too late for him but like in the recruiting process he was kind of like a plane in the air you know he was already in the air and you know if you have engine problems while the plane's in the air there's stuff to do right but your options are really limited the right time to set this up would have been while the plane was on the ground to set it up the right way which which this dad should have known he should have known so um you know, and when I broke it down for him, when I broke down, you know, what happened, he, he understood then. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're looking at a, an engine that's, you know, not working and you're saying, well, here's why it's not working. <laughs> right. And then once if I explain it to you, that's then you understand. But the plane's in the air. Right. The plane's in the air. So, you know, he had to do what he had to do, but his options obviously were limited. Right. But the plane's in the air. You just want you just want someone to fix the plane. Right, you just saw. Let's just get us on the ground, and then you can explain it to me later. And it would it would have been better for him and his son. His son ended up paying the price, but it would have been better for him had he understood the engine on the ground before takeoff, which he he should have known. So it's it's. Let's go over recruiting killer number one is, um, the coach doesn't know. Now what the coach doesn't know is not what the coach didn't take the time to find out or what the coach didn't, uh, you know, scout or, or you know, uh, recruit your son. It's, it's, what the coach doesn't know is what this player failed to tell him. What the coach doesn't know is what this father failed to help his son communicate to the coach. So what the coach doesn't know is what the coach doesn't know. And he doesn't even know he doesn't know. So let me, let me, let me just kind of break it down of why this happens, right? So, when a a player gets missed, there's a bunch of things to consider. It's it's where he sees you, um, what he sees, and based on that, the the decision he can make and what he can do, the coach, right? So, let's start with what he sees. Uh, I'm sorry, let's start with where he sees. So, if he sees you in the herd, right like in a showcase camp so if you're in the herd there's a lot of problems there his his window of visibility for your son is extremely narrow we're going to talk about those windows of visibilities um, as we go deeper into this but so if you're in the herd there's a couple things to consider um comparison is a big one right so if your son's a pitcher and you know he's he's set to be the fourth pitcher up to throw a bullpen And the first three pitchers ahead of him all blow like 90, and he comes and blows 86. Well, 86 might be really good. It might be great. But in comparison, it's you know, just where he was in that order, where the coach is looking, it just looks slow, right? It it's the principle of a changeup, right? (laughs) It's it, it throws you off, right? The reason why every hitter in the major leagues can hit. A changeup, but they can't hit one in comparison to a fastball. So, if in comparison is a big thing, and that's just human psychology, right? There's all kinds of uh, studies and stuff um, of looking at how people make decisions based on what they've previously seen, and it, 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 there's, it's really interesting to look at because sometimes it's in the it goes like in 15 minutes, one hour. 12 hours, one day. So, what somebody's seen in the last 15 minutes really affects how they judge what's happening now. What somebody's seen in the last hour affects, you know, it gets kind of lesser and less, but, but, you know, if, if you see someone that's angry, they probably just saw something to make them angry. You know, they saw something that angered them, right? Recently or in the hour, you know, in the hour. So, comparison is a big problem. Comparison is a big problem. How about performance? Performance in the herd. But, you know, I'm always fascinated by this. You know, if you go play a baseball game, you are part of a team that has anywhere from whatever 15 to 20 players, right? And you show up and you warm up, and even if you're pitching that day, you have a process and you play uh, that game and you pitch in a you know there's a there's a really deliberate process. You you get to the field, you stretch, you warm up, you throw, you throw your bullpen, you go to the dugout, you throw your pre your your pre um, you know pitches uh, before the inning, and then you pitch. But in a showcase, boy, it's nothing like that, is it? Right? It's like you're in there with with two hundred kids. And, or even even 50 kids in, in, that are not on any team, so to speak. And then you're given probably some time to warm up or do whatever, you know, different camps do it different ways. And then you're given a chance kind of to show your pitches. Or if you're a hitter, you're given a chance to show how you hit in a very weird scenario. It's very weird, right? Because it's in the herd. And if you're in the herd, you'll be judged in the herd. So your performance will be affected by the herd. Um, Your 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 performance will be evaluated differently based on comparison to the players that performed before you, or the players that perform after you as well. I forgot to say that. So sometimes you know you could have if your son goes in and blows ninety or hits you know a ninety-five exit velocity, and then the kid after blows ninety-six and a one o five exit velocity as a hitter, that changes things. Um, So the herd is a tough place. To play, And, uh, you know, I just, I just want to make this, this point. Um, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, I love Jerry Seinfeld. He has that show where he drives comedians in cars, right? And he had Steve Harvey uh, on. And he was talking about um, comedy classes. And he said um, that Jerry Seinfeld went to a comedy class. And he started with, the fact that you're here is not a good sign. In other words, that the fact that you're here trying to learn comedy is not a good sign. Don't take this the wrong way, but uh, you know, I always say that you know, there's that, this idea that people go to people who they know, like, and trust. Um, I heard someone recently say, no, people don't do that. People go to people they know that they can trust to tell them things they don't like. So here's something you might not like, but you can trust me to tell you the truth, is that the fact that you're at the showcase camp is a bad sign. The fact that you paid for the showcase camp is a bad sign because the top-level players in that camp didn't pay. So let's look at the next thing, where he sees. Does he see a video? Now, sometimes kids make these videos that are really overproduced or they only show the kid doing something really good. And like it's like so different from the way that we teach players to do videos. Um, but if a coach sees a video where it's just like your highlight reel... Um, or it's not done in a way that he gives him any information, then he can't move the ball. So most videos are terrible. The, even the ones that companies make are terrible. The way we, cause, cause the job of a video is not to get you recruited. A job of the video is to continue the conversation or, or, um, or start the conversation. And so the way we teach our, our, our players and clients to do videos is, is it's part of a conversation. It's not, it's not designed to do a job. It's just designed to continue the process. Um, so what they see in a video. Um, the third way would be an uh, email. You know, so a coach sees you sent him an email. Most emails that players sent are ignorable emails. Most emails are templated emails that um, just are ignorable, you know, and either ignorable or file away. We'll deal with this later. Not going to deal with it now. So... That's, that's where he sees you. Does he see you in email? Does he see you on social media? At very best, at the very best, social media uh, for kids today is scattered. We're gonna talk about social media later. It's scattered. At, I would say at the very worst, people are so scared about social media because you hear all these stories about kids you know, losing scholarships and stuff that they don't use it effectively. So the coach, sees he, he either goes to your social media and he sees a scattering of things. He can't find anything. There's no clarity. He's more confused. He's got to go nine different places to find something about you. Or he sees something that's so kind of passive that there's, just, there's nothing that continues the conversation. There's nothing that moves him towards you. There's nothing kind of attractive there. Um, and the last thing would be a passive profile. And that would be like a perfect game or a prep baseball report profile where... Where it, it tells stuff, but it doesn't tell a story. It doesn't tell a story. So where he sees your son and what he sees are crucial. Because he can only make that decision based on what he sees. What other information can he base it on? So now going back to the dad, did he give, his, did he give that coach enough to make a decision? No, he thought that coach would do his due diligence. He thought that coach would um, you know, follow up and recruit his son. But what he didn't understand is that the average coach gets seven to 50, seven to fifty-five zero oh, emails from players per day. And so, you know, so, so I, I ask the dads all the time, did that coach see everything about your son? Did that coach see the best parts of your son? Did that coach see his intangibles? And, and, and in those questions, there's a lot of kind of sub-questions. Did that coach see everything he can do, in, you know, as a, like a pitcher, hitter, or fielder, or whatever he's playing? Did he see all aspects of the game? Or did he see a really narrow view? Did he see that your son didn't have the velocity that day? Or maybe didn't, you know, didn't get pitches to really hit hard that day? And maybe his curveball wasn't so great that day, but it's usually like dead on. Did he see, you know, did he see that, you know, your son just didn't get great pitches or your son was really nervous because a showcase camp is just ridiculous place to try and perform? Did he see everything about your son's game? Did he see everything about your son's intangibles? If your son is a great leader, if your son is a leader, it may be a vocal leader. Is he a leader um, by example? You know, more of a a quiet leader. Um, Did he see that your son is a great teammate? And makes everybody around him better. Did did he see the the um, the intangibles about your son's work ethic? Did he see that your son puts in hours? Did he did he see that your son, um, you know, is is working on his game and studying his game and learning his game and training in the off season and doing strength and conditioning and working on whatever he's doing? Nutrition is. Did he see all that? Did he see that maybe sometimes players um, need to be really uh, evaluated over time? You know, you don't get a real great picture of a player until you've seen that player play over time. Did that coach see all those things? I've never had a father, I've never had a mom, that said, yes, that coach saw all those things and he passed on my son. Well, let me tell you something. If he saw all those things and passed on your son, good. It wasn't a good fit. But the bigger sin is that the coach passes on your son and he didn't see those things. He didn't see the very best of your son. So he so all he could do was make a very make a decision based on very a limited window, a very narrow view of your son. Now, there's also factors that I think this this, this dad in particular with this school didn't understand is that The decision is based on what you communicate, right? So in all those things, when I say, did did they see the very best part of your son? And no, no parent has been able to ever answer yes to all that. It's not that the coach didn't see it. It's that you didn't communicate it. The player and the parent didn't show the coach. How could he find those things out? How could he know those things? The only way that he can know those things is communicated second hand now second hand communication is at best average and second hand communication doesn 't really put that kind of feeling that visceral feeling or that you know that sense that a coach gets from a player so I, I often talk about this as like You know, it's a difference between listening to, like, a recording of a concert or going to the concert. Same music, same sound, same everything. Completely different experience. So when a coach hears something about your son secondhand, it's like getting a concert audio, like getting the the recording of it. It's great, but not when it comes directly from the player and and it's given to a coach, it's communicated to the coach, delivered to a coach in a way that he can absorb it. Now, that's what that's part of what we help our clients do communication. What that coach doesn't know is what the player and the parents fail to communicate to that coach. Now, the last thing I just want to put in here too, is that what this dad didn't understand is what the coach could do. So the coach's decision-making process is based on what the player showcased to him, right? Where he saw him, how he saw him and, 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 the parts that he that he was able to make a decision from, but it's also based on some other factors. There's time of the coach. There's the resources and the staff of the coach. Now most college baseball programs don't have enormous staffs and enormous budget. If you're talking about Power Five schools, yes, a lot of them have resources, but I will tell you that there's probably the bottom percentage of those bottom of those power five schools. If you compare those uh, programs to the top of those of the of the ladder, you might see you will see a distinct difference in, in budget, staff, and resources, right? So does he have the time? Does he have the time to to go find these things out about your son? I would say probably not. Does does he have the resources, like um, the financial ability to travel to you or to or the, or, the, or, the, or to go um, and 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 see you play in different places? Does he have the staff? Is he the the only full-time person in the school? We're gonna talk about understanding the coach a little bit later, but all of these things are crucial. And so why players get missed is recruiting killer number one, is the coach doesn't know. And what the coach doesn't know is what the player and the parents fail to communicate to that coach. So. If a player gets missed, it's not the fault of the coach. It's not the fault of the program. It's not even the fault of the, the her, the system, because if you go into the system, then you'll get system results. And the system's not designed to get you recruited. The system's designed to get you to sign up for camps. And so if a, if a coach sees everything about your son and says no, great, wasn't a good fit. And, and by the way, none of my clients, none of my clients ever get to a point where a coach sees everything about that player and passes. The only way that would happen is if there's a roster imbalance. But I guarantee if he passes on the kid, he's going to pass in a way that leaves the door open or he's going to pass in a way that says, hey man, we love you. We love to have you. We're just backed up here. And 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 that that pass will be a positive experience versus a negative one. It will not be a rejection. It will be a, man, I wish the circumstances were different. That none of my clients, because we do, we make sure we do our due diligence beforehand so that we're only showcasing everything that's great about the kid to the schools that are most likely to uh, wanna recruit him. In recruiting killer number two is like by far what messes up almost all hey it's paul reddick thanks so much for listening to the show i really appreciate it i want to let you know i have a new book out specifically for baseball dads and i would love for you to check it out you can go to baseballdadsbook.com all the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners so again it's baseballdadsbook.com thanks